Hi everyone, my name is Joseph Siegel, and welcome again to the Amen Torah podcast. This week is Parshas Miketz, and let's get right into it. In Parshas Miketz, we have the exact opposite of what we had in Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev, uh, the whole process is Yosef going down. He gets sold as a slave, he gets thrown into jail, and at the end of Parshas Vayeshev, he's in jail and totally forgotten. And as we begin Parshas Miketz, Yosef starts his climb. He interprets Paro's dreams. He's the only one who's able to do it. And because of this, Paro makes him the second in command of Mitzrayim. What did Yosef learn from the dreams? So he learned that there would first be seven years where the entire world would enjoy plentiful food. And afterwards, they'd be followed by seven years of even worse hunger, to the point that the original seven years of plenty would be completely erased, as if they never happened. And armed with this knowledge, Yosef prepared Mitzrayim for those years of famine by collecting food. And when the famine eventually came, Mitzrayim became the wealthiest country in the world, where everyone had to come down to Mitzrayim to get food. Now, everyone included Yaakov's family. That at a certain point, they ran out of food, and the brothers come down to Mitzrayim. And when Yosef realizes that his brothers are in Mitzrayim, he thinks that this is a great time to start the process of uh, revealing himself. But first, before he does that, he wants to fulfill his dreams that the brothers should bow down to him, and he also wants to get them started on the process of tshuva, that they should realize that they had erred in their judgment of him, and that they should start um, doing tshuva for that. So Yosef, when, they all, when they're all in Mitzrayim, Yosef summons them to the palace, he accuses them of being spies, throws Shimon in jail, and says that you must return with your youngest brother. The brothers had told him all about their family back in Eretz Yisrael, and Yosef said, if you want to prove to me that you're not spies, go bring your youngest brother Binyamin back with you, and then I'll believe you, and you can have Shimon back. And when all this is happening to the brothers, they realize, they finally realize that they had wronged Yosef, and uh, they begin the tshuva process. And this is found in Perak Membe's Pasuk Aleph, and I quote, Vayomer ish alachiv, man said to his brother, Aval ashemem anachnu alachinu, we are guilty about what we did to our brother, Asher Tsaras Nafsho, that we saw his pain when he pleaded with us and we didn't listen to him. Because of this, all these troubles are happening to us. So while the brothers are all feeling bad and starting to do tshuva, one brother, however, is very quick to remove himself from this. And that brother was Reuven. In last week's Devar Torah, we talked about how Reuven tried to save Yosef's life, that he convinced the brothers not to kill Yosef, and instead to throw him in the pit. And the Pasuk tells us that uh, his whole point was in order to get Yosef back to uh, his father. And of course he wasn't successful, but the Pasuk goes out of its way to mention that Reuven did try to save Yosef. And when the brothers finally admit that they were wrong in selling Yosef, Reuven is very quick to point out that he is not included in this tshuva. And this is the very next Pasuk, Pasuk of Beis. Vayam Ruvein Osam Lemar, Ruvein answered them, saying, Halo Amarti Elechem, did I not say to you, Lemar, saying, Al techetu yeled v'lo shamatem. I said to you, Al techetu yeled, don't sin against the boy, v'lo shamatem, you didn't listen to me. So Ruvein is saying to the brothers that I told you not to do anything. The problem is that if we look back in Parshas Vayeshev, that's not what Reuven said. Reuven over there said, and this is a Pasuk Lamed Zion, I'm sorry, excuse me, Perak Lamed Zion, Pasuk Chaf Beis, in Parshas Vayeshev, 
Reuven says to them, Al Tishbehuda. He says, Don't kill him, throw him in the pit. He doesn't say, Don't do anything. So what's Reuven accusing the brothers of over here? So the Orachayim brings this question, and he also brings up another oddity in the Pasuk. The Pasuk uses the word Lamar twice, and both times it's a quote of sorts. The first time it's quoting Vayan Reuven or some Lamar, it's Reuven, Reuven's response to the brothers as being Lamar is, is like a quote. And the second time is Reuven saying, Hello, Amarte, Lechem, Lamar, did I not say to you, Lamar saying, again, Reuven kind of quoting himself, which we just said is not actually a quote, because that's not what it says in the Pasuk. But either way, to have two quotes in the Pasuk is not the typical style of the Torah. And with this idea and our question, the Orachayim explains the story like this. The brothers say that they are being punished because they ignored Yosef's pleas for help. Reuven responds to them that, no, he's not included in this. He hadn't sinned against Yosef. He had listened. He had heard Yosef's pleas, and he did something in order to save him. It wasn't successful, but he did what he could. And even though he didn't explicitly tell the brothers that they should bring Yosef back home, by saying that they shouldn't kill him, the intent behind his words was that they shouldn't do anything at all. So the first Lamar in the Pasuk, like we said again, when, when it's quoting Reuven, the point of putting that Lamar in there is to show how Reuven is separating himself from all the other brothers. And the second one is saying that, that even though I didn't say this, even though this isn't what I said, this is what I meant. This is what, this is what I meant when I said, uh, don't kill him, I meant don't do anything. Okay, but now we have an even bigger question, because now Ruvain is hinting to the brothers in Vayeshev, he's hinting that they shouldn't do anything by saying they shouldn't kill him. So first of all, why would Ruvain assume, or why could Ruvain assume, that the brothers would take the hint? And secondly, if you take what Ruvain said at face value, what did he suggest? He suggested that the brothers take Yosef and throw him into a pit full of poisonous snakes and scorpions, right? What did the brothers decide to do? They decided to sell him. So... Let me ask a simple question. Who did more, practically, to save Yosef's life? The brothers did. Ruvain, by leaving him in the pit, he has all the snakes and scorpions. Eventually, someone, someone of them, one of them is going to bite Yosef, or he's going to die of starvation. The brothers are like, let's just get him out of town. So, ironically, the brothers did a lot more to save Yosef's life than Ruvain did. So Ruvain is now coming and blaming the brothers for what happened is completely ridiculous. So the Orachim explains this with an important idea. And this idea is something that we could have a whole separate uh, Dvar Torah on, but we don't have time for that right now. So I'm going to keep it specific to this week's Parsha, but just know that this is a very important, foundational idea of uh, Yiddishkeit. Foundational Hashkafic idea. When Reuven says to throw Yosef into the pit, so what does he say? He says, V'yad al tishlechu bo. This is again, Perik Laman Zayin, Pasachav Beis, in Parshas Vayeshev. Let us not send a hand against him. He says, the thought process behind Reuven's idea to throw Yosef into the pit was to get him out of the hands of the brothers and into the hands of Hashem. Here's the idea. Humans are given the gift of Bechir Chavshis, the greatest gift we can have. Free will, choice, the ability to choose our own path in life. And this koach is so great, says the Orachayim, it, it goes to the point where even if Hashem 
has not decreed that this person should die, a human being with his free will has the ability to kill him anyway, to go against what Hashem wants. Not what Hashem decreed, but against what Hashem wants. So Reuven's idea was to take Yosef out of the hands of man, out of the Bale Bechira, and put him in the pit with animals. Now these are dangerous animals, but at the end of the day, animals have no Bechira. They have no free will. They have to do exactly what Hashem wants. So if Hashem had not decreed that Yosef should die, then the animals in the pit would not be able to kill him no matter how long he was down there. So when Reuven says, what he's saying is, take Yosef out of the hands of man and put him in the hands of Hashem. And then we don't know for sure if Yosef is Chayv Misa or not. We don't know if what he's doing is wrong. So let's take it out of our hands. Let's put him in the pit. This way, if he dies, then great. We were right. And he was Chayv Misa. If he doesn't, then we were wrong. And that's great too, because now we know that we were wrong and we can bring Yosef home. So when Reuven says, he was hoping to remind his brothers of this idea that let's take it out of our hands. Let us not send a hand. Let's take it out of our hands and put this in the hands of Hashem. And when they agreed with him to throw Yosef into the pit, he thought, great, they got the message. And he leaves. When he comes back later and he discovers that they had sold Yosef, he realized that this message hadn't gotten through at all. They thought that he meant, you know, why should we kill him? Let him die of natural causes. And then they said, well, let's not kill him at all. Let's sell him. Reuven said, no, that was never the point. The point was, why should we decide whether he lives or dies? Why should we decide whether he gets sold as a slave or not? Why should we decide his fate? Let Hashem decide his fate. And then we are off the hook. So now when it comes down to Miketz, when they're down in Mitzrayim and they're finally realizing that what they did was wrong, he can say with total confidence that he's not included in this. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. To sign up for our email newsletter or to ask any questions or any comments on the Dvar Torah, please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. You can also uh, check out the blog itself, Old Ideas for the Modern Mind. Blogspot.com. To download this podcast, it's available either on hashkafahandbook.com in the podcast section. It's also available in the email version of this Tvar Torah, which again, you can sign up, you can receive in your inbox by signing up for the newsletter. And it's also available on iTunes. Just search for either my name, Yosef Siegel, or for the Amen Torah podcast. And while you're there on iTunes, please give us a rating. Please leave us a review. It really helps. Please check us out on our various social media platforms. We're on facebook.com slash amemtorah. We're on Twitter, Twitter handle at amemtorah. And I just want to wish everyone a wonderful Hanukkah and a great Shabbos. Looking forward to speaking to you all next week.